like you to imagine for just a minute that you're taking a stroll across London Bridge on a beautiful, balmy summer's evening with the love of your life by your side. Across the road, you suddenly notice what appears to be a fight taking place. In fact, you soon realize that there are three men dressed in black viciously attacking a police officer. You run over to try and help when one of the assailants lunges at you with a large kitchen knife. This is not a made up story, this is real life. This is what happened to Justin Jones and his partner Ellen Gauntlet on the 3rd of June 2017. Little did they know that they had stumbled straight into the middle of a terror attack that went on to claim the lives of eight innocent victims, injure and change the lives of dozens more. Justin and Ellen are two remarkable young people whose exceptional bravery no doubt saved lives, for which they have received several special awards. This is the story of two ordinary but very special Londoners. I'm thrilled to welcome on board IQ Boxing as the very first sponsor of Your London Legacy podcast. Run by the inspirational head coach, Xavier Miller, IQ Boxing Club in Neasden, Northwest London, is one big close-knit family where the boxers and coaches have excellent working relationships and every boxer supports each other on their individual journey. Every young boxer is given individual time so that they can flourish as a boxer, but more importantly, as a person of character. Regular classes are held for juniors and amateurs, and there are also keep-fit boxer-sized classes. IQ Boxing is built on the pillars of respect, hard work and dedication, and with its supportive trustees, grows from strength to strength. You can find out more about the London legacy IQ Boxing are creating by following them on Instagram at IQXavierMiller or www.iqboxing.co.uk. I'm Steve Lazarus, and this is Your London Legacy. Well, today I'm delighted to be in the home of Ellen Gauntless and Justin Jones. Where, where are we? I forgot where we are already. Beckenham. <laughs> Beckenham. But it's not Beckenham. It's not the train station I got off at. I got off at um, Eden Park. Eden Park. So it's not an area I'm familiar with in London. It's sort of London, but it's also Kent, I'm told. You were explaining to me. In what sense is it a mismatch? Where, where are it's we exactly the on London the London Borough of Bromley. But we have a Kent address. Okay. Kent postcode. Okay. For the purposes of the podcast, your London legacy. Yes. We're, 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 we all, we're all in London, the London, Bar- London Borough of Bromley, which nearly didn't happen today as I was explaining to Justin, who kindly picked me up from the station because as I came out of my home to drive to the station, there was absolute gridlock on the roads around <laughs> us and I nearly turned around and was going to give you a call and say I couldn't make it, but I persevered. So just by way of a brief introduction, as I say, with Ellen Gauntlet and Justin Jones, who which names are probably not familiar to anyone other than myself now and your your close family and friends but it's relevant that we are here today and it's sure more luck than judgment I'm guessing because you guys were involved in the tragic incident that occurred on London Bridge and Borough Market back in June 2017 yeah yeah Saturday the 3rd of June I think 2017 where we had that awful I think we call it a terror attack yeah yeah so it's pertinent today because obviously at the moment we've got the inquest going on into... Um, yes, yeah, started yesterday. It actually started yesterday, yeah. yeah. So more than luck by judgment, I'm here today on a day... I think I think the inquest is going on for s- several weeks, isn't it? I think so. Yes, yeah, definitely more than one week. I think I read it was about three weeks for the... Uh, the inquest into those who who perished, which were numbering ten, I believe, yeah. was it ten yeah. or eight who were killed? I think eight, 
and then I think they're going to do the inquest for the the terrorists themselves afterwards in a separate separate matter. As I said to you off off mic, it's we're here because you were there more than luck by you know than judgment. You were in the the wrong place at the at the wrong time, but also in the wrong place at the right time because you were instrumental in you know saving saving lives and and assisting people. Yeah, we'd like to think so. Mm. Well. <laughs> you're you're obviously very humble, Justin, because we'll come on to the fact that you've been awarded, I think now four awards you mentioned. We're up to four? Yeah, we're up to four. Up I to think four it might counting. stop at four. Yeah? Well, you're going to put a stop to it? Well, I'd be surprised if we get any more. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you're surprised you got four. Yeah, very yeah. surprised. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll come on to, to those in a minute. So let's just fill people in. First of all, on a little bit about yourselves, you know, and your background, because you're two what I would call regular Londoners, you know, going about your business. Justin, you are a butcher. Yeah, I run a wholesale butchers in Hernhill. And, and f- feel free to give it a plug. I mean, uh, you know. it's <laughs> Jones the Butcher it is the best meat in London. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, retailer and wholesaler to be i believe and online. mainly wholesaler about to do online delivery so check it out online. check it out and you can you can point people in the right direction towards the end okay i will <laughs> oh, the whole way through give you a little pitch, yeah, just one big advert for justin actually <laughs> and ellen is a legal secretary i'm a legal secretary yeah in west wickham so in west wickham which is the next town along next town along next town along also in london just yeah. outside yeah. yeah london kent yeah both and that's working with your, I think you're both in family businesses. Oh, yeah. my, my dad's a partner in the business, so okay. it's not his business, but I, well, I am his secretary, yeah. Oh, you're his secretary? Yeah. Okay, and what's that like, working with your dad? Yes, right. Yeah? It's and right. he works in your grandpa's office? Yeah, he, my grandpa worked there as well before him, so. Okay, as a solicitor as well? As a solicitor as okay, well, Okay, so yeah. it's a long family tradition. Tradition. Yeah. As I said, my, my dad was a lawyer as well, was a solicitor until he retired several years ago, and I used to have a lot of fun. I remember in school holidays going, getting up at the crack of dawn and going, doing revision in his offices. And I, <laughs> I thought I was the bee's knees amongst all the law books and everything. So, so as I said, you're two regular guys. You're how old are you now? Both twenty four, twenty five. Twenty five and twenty six at the end of the month. Twenty six. Okay, cradle snatcher. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so old. To be fair, so. <laughs> and so, two regular guys. I think you're engaged to be married. Is that we correct? Are, yes. Yeah. Next when, when, year. When's the happy to next year? Yeah. Summer. We're, where did, where did you pop the question? Anywhere exciting and exotic? In this, in this kitchen. kitchen. In this kitchen? Oh, yeah. I, well, I'm double you on So we're joined by your dog as well, whose name I've already forgotten. Lincoln. Lincoln. He's, uh, he's been very good and quiet. He's a dachshund. Is he a any type of dachshund? Is he a sa- sausage dog? Yeah. Yeah. Which we've also said are becoming very popular at the moment. So, you guys... What, what do you normally do? I mean, how do you normally relax on the weekend? Because obviously this is going to lead up to this particular incident. But what, I mean, what is it that you, you typically do? Currently, our weekend's taken up with rehearsals for the musical that we're in. Oh, cool. Um, so we do two shows a year, minimum two shows a year. We are doing Anything Goes at the Churchill Theatre, uh-huh. which is also London. which is But Kent. Kent, right? But it is a London theatre. Okay, um, you kept that one low key from me. Uh, so, that's so what, what, what do you, you, you singers, you actors? We'd only do musicals because predominantly we're both singers. Yeah, Ellen can dance, and Ish. I look like I have a fit while she's trying to <laughs> dance. Um, but yeah, predominantly singers. So, what are you part of? Um, 
Yeah, it's a school group. Yeah, yeah. What, what's that called? West Wickham Operatic Society. Okay. I think that's quite well known, isn't it? We're like, in southeast. Yeah, we're quite. Sounds sounds familiar. Big a shot, good one. Big shots in here. <laughs> <laughs> Your big shots in Kent Stroke, London. Yeah, yeah. No, good for you. So, but. Prior to, I mean, so was that taking up much of your time prior, you know, we're going back to sort of June 2017. Uh, we'll come on to that and spend some time on that in a bit. But We just finished a show then. Yeah. Had we? Yeah, we'd finished Priscilla, Queen of the uh, Desert. Oh, yeah. Okay. I've not seen that, but that's all. It's crazy. A lot, lot of men dressing up in drag, it's, is it? Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a very bright, loud, garish, garish, camp. really good show. Yeah. But yeah, so we, yeah, we just finished that. So that is tend to do a lot of. Going to watch musicals up in the West End, doing our own ones, going to watch live music, that sort of thing. Mm. We go out to eat a lot. Yeah. That's one of our major so you, you So you, you spend some time up in up in London, up yeah. in the West yeah. End and central London. Yeah, so yeah. you're quite, you're familiar with London. And yeah. We walk around. Travelling by train. and tra- Tube, yeah. train. Yeah. We tend to walk most places yeah, in London, don't we? That, yeah, it gets you more things. To Best way about. to see London. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. In fact, my wife just bought me for my birthday a book on London walks. So oh. yeah, which looks really good. I have to dig into that at some point. So let's sort of move on to the the date in question. Yeah, I, I, and I know and I appreciate that it's not going to be an easy easy thing for you to talk about. But I also understand that you have spoken about it several times over the last couple of years because we're nearly two years on from it. Yeah, aren't we? yeah. crazy how quick uh, that's which gone. Which is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. But as we said, we are in the beginning of the inquest period, which I can't believe it's taken two years to get to this stage, which is quite crazy, quite frankly, but I suppose they've got a lot of evidence together. Yeah. But we are talking about the incident on June, Saturday the 3rd of June, 2017, roughly 10 a.m. 10 p.m. 10 p.m., yeah. Yeah, about that. B- between about 10 p.m. when it started, and I think the whole thing only took about 50, oh, the whole yeah, attack. Oh, yeah, so yeah. short. 12 past 10. was only about 10, 16, 10, 15, 10, 16 yeah. till it ended. So talk us through your evening up until that time. What, what, are you, what had you guys been doing? Well, we'd been, um, it was Justin's birthday. We were out for Justin's birthday oh. because his birthday's the... So the 3rd? No, 31st of May. of May. Oh, okay. All right. So thank God it wasn't on that so day. We, were, Not, we yeah. were out for Justin's birthday and we'd gone to the, a Lego exhibition on the South Bank. Just the, just the two of you? Yeah. 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 And then we'd just gone out for drinks and then our we, friend at the time lived in Deptford. So we'd gone all the way to Deptford from South Bank. So we... We'd, weren't going to end up in London Bridge. We we were going to go home. But then there was this restaurant that Justin had been going on about. So I was like, come on, let's go and f- go to there then. So we went back into Central to London Bridge to find this restaurant. Which was? It's called Lupin's. Um, Flatiron Square? No, it might be. I can't I remember. I think it's Flatiron Square. I can't remember. Yeah. But we couldn't find it. And I don't know why we couldn't find it. Because we went when we went back a couple of days later... It was really obvious where it was. So I've no yeah, idea why we couldn't find it. Literally two days later. Way. Yeah. And then we all, so then home. I was like, well, we can just catch the train home and get a Chinese on the way home. Mm-hmm. And then we were walking to London Bridge ch- train station to in, go in home. which direction from, from where? We were walking un- going under the bridge. So f- towards, as if you're going towards the river. So train station's on your right. Okay. But coming f- from north, the north bank or the south bank? We're walking towards Borough Market. I think so we were Borough Market was on our way. Left. Yeah. And then London Bridge is on your right. Okay. So they're parallel, aren't they? Okay, yeah. And we were walking 
down that. All right, got gotcha. towards yeah. the bridge. Yeah, exactly. Where we were. we're outside the tube station, weren't mm-hmm. we? And then I saw what I believed was a fight. How how close would you say this uh, fight was to you? On the other side. It of was the on road, the other side it? of the road. But I've always, I suppose it's it's a good and a bad thing. I've always paid attention to things like that. So I've always been someone that will stop a fight or will follow someone. Like if we go out for a night out and there's a man shouting at a girl, I'll follow them for a minute or two just to make sure that nothing happens. That's really? always that, been something I've done. Why, why is that, do you think? I don't know. Um, is that something instilled in you from your parents? or? Well, I think my granddad was a bit like it. Yeah. And my dad has told me stories of when he's done things like that. But I don't, I don't, they've never said anything like that's what you should do. I've always done it. I remember being 15 and in Bromley and seeing a guy being chased down the street by about 12 people. And everyone just stood there and watched. And I was the only one that actually did something. I was the only one that actually managed to stop one of the people chasing him um, and things like that. And I just, I've never understood from my point of view, the psyche of, I don't want to be involved. And I'm not saying that everyone should get involved. It's I'm just bystander apathy, I believe. I, I, to me, it's a completely alien yeah. concept. Yeah. But then again, like everyone's different and it takes the, everyone to make the world go round. Well, and I'm not saying everyone should. What you're saying is that it's part, it's part of your psyche. It's part of who you are. Cause you obviously have a, a strong sense of, of justice and, and, Obviously, not wanting to see an innocent person getting, you know, yeah. get, getting hurt for a start. But not everybody, you know. For example, my 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 wife, bless her, she's she's five foot nothing, but if she if she sees someone being abusive on the on the street or in the car, you know, she's the first one to steam steam in there and tell them what she thinks of them. And I'm always the one saying, for God's sake, just be be careful. Yeah, that sounds like you. Doesn't be it? careful. You just don't know what you're letting yourself in for. Yeah, and that is true. And you you know, I suppose you sh- one should think yeah. further ahead than that's what I'm doing because yeah. you walk into situations like this yeah. <laughs> so well that, that's, use, that's that's interesting to know straight away so you see what you think is a so, fight going on yeah over the other side of the road so I, I say to Ellen hold my gift from our friend in Deptford we had gin in a bag in a bottle bag okay. I'm going over the other side of the road so yeah. I just ran just pegged it over the other side of the road because I could see that one of the people in the fight was a policeman, uh-huh. and there in, was in uniform. Yeah, I could see his high vis jacket, and then three other people. So I knew there were four people involved so in the fight. This is roughly t- uh, ten o'clock, just before 10, yeah. ten o'clock. So it would, I'd say, it must have been two minutes, two yeah. minutes past ten. And so ten o'clock, June. It was a warm summer's evening. Oh, yeah, it was gorgeous. A really then. beautiful, really? balmy summer's evening. Yeah. It was dark. Was it dark? It was getting dark. Or was it just was, yeah. So I'd say I'd describe it as dusk. Dust, but it's, it was it's quite well lit around there. As yeah, well, yeah. It? a lot of street yeah, lights. Yeah, we were under yeah. street lights the yeah. whole time. Yeah, those disgusting orange ones that yes. turned everything it's slightly like orange. Horrible, yeah, neon one. Yeah. So, I mean, how many people did you think were in this this fight? You thought more than three. A, a specific number, I would have said, you know, three yeah. to five. And did it look like um like a, a free for all scrap, or did it look like it looked three like the one policeman or? was getting battered? Right. That's exactly what it looked like. Right. And that's that's why I was dead set running across the road, past the buses, bam, that's where I'm going. Yeah. And so that's what I did. And as soon as I got there, one of the people that we later found out was a terrorist 
turned around and tried to stab me. And that's when I realized it wasn't quite a fight. So all I saw was a guy in complete black clothing and a pink knife come towards me. Yes. And he must have got, he was, I, I would say he was a foot away from me, standing's distance, a foot away from me. And so I just took a step back, sort of collected myself for half a second, swore really swore. loudly. He said, oh. swore at them or just swore? No, just in he general. He was just like, oh. And then you, you, you can swear on this podcast. It's absolutely fine. Oh, okay. if, if, he yeah. said he went. Oh, you, no, seriously. I literally. So I ran over, and Ellen says all I did was, "Oh shit!" Okay. And that's when I ran over because I thought, <laughs> "Oh, something's not right." So you came over to join him. Yeah. Right. Were you aware what was going on with Justin or what, what he was? Not involved? really. Like it all happened so quickly that he sort of ran over. I wasn't really looking. Justin runs after a fight, so I was sort of. Didn't think I really gave again. Just stand there thinking about my Chinese, and then when he and he like shouted, I was like, "Oh, it's a bit serious." And then I only realised how it was serious when I ran over to the other side of the road. Mm. Yeah, so took a step back, re- recollected everything, and then when I'm here, I'm completely involved. I'll just keep going. So I went, took another step forward, and then the three of them just pegged it. The three terrorists pegged it down towards Borough Market, and that's when you from the other side of the road were shouting at me, Justin, should I bring the gin or should I leave it on the pavement? And I was like, just just come over the road, had, had please. Not, Ellen, had you not tweaked at that point in your head what was no. the end of two and two together and come up with I terror, terror, seen, terror I hadn't attack? I hadn't seen, because you were in the way, I hadn't seen like the knife, I hadn't seen anything like that. But just, did you think it was a terror attack or did you just think it was the three, I three just blokes having a pop at a policeman? I just thought it was three guys stabbing a policeman. Yeah. I knew he was getting stabbed. Because I saw the knife, but I didn't. I didn't think it was a terrorist attack. I just thought, oh mate, I was literally in my head. I can remember going, "What have I got into? What am I doing here right now?" And that's the only time I've ever gone, "Oh, really, Justin? You fucked up this one." Yeah. Did he sort of lunge at you? Or did yeah, he just- yeah. He went for my stomach. I mean, how close did he have to step forward to to reach we, you? We were a foot apart. We were a foot apart. Yeah. So how did he not get? So you? without my step back, yeah, he would have just gone straight into yeah. my stomach. And I've seen a picture of this knife as it's on the internet. I mean, it wasn't, it's like one of these- It's a pink, pink kitchen knife. Pink kitchen yeah. knife. So you just, I, I distinctly remember a flash of pink. Yeah. And that's exactly what I said to the police when they took our interview afterwards. The, the anti-terror came around and did a, like a three hour interview. Yeah. And I just said, it was pink. I can tell you it's bright pink. And that was before anything came out on yeah. the news about it. Yeah. Well, they recovered it, obviously. Yeah. Later, and it is bright pink. It is, yeah. The blade, the blade is pink. You yeah, know, the and, blade and, is pink. The handle is pink. And the it handle is, is pink, although the handle, I think, was taped yeah. up, wasn't it? So they could tie it to their, tie it yeah. to their wrist, I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah, so they didn't drop it. Yeah. That's the intention. But yeah, I distinctly remember it being bright pink. And then, so once they'd left, I turned around to look at Ellen, and I found a body lying on the floor yeah we both saw charlie on the floor didn't we this is the guy who was in that fight no this was a different this is a different guy the guy that was in that fight was still standing he was wayne he was the transport police Uh and he tried to follow them so he'd been stabbed quite a lot and he tried to follow them and then so he sort of disappeared from my peripherals so i found we found who we've later worked out as charlie on the floor. So he was lying on... Another, another policeman. Well... He, he was off know. duty. So, so he, he was... He, was not in close, he had um, gone to help Wayne. Yeah. But he was off duty. And not in uniform. No, he'd been 
enjoying his night. Oh, what are chances of that? And I wrestling t-shirt. So he was. Was he? Yeah. Crikey. So, um, so yeah, so Charlie had been amazing because he'd run over as well, but unfortunately he'd been unlucky and been stabbed. Yeah. So we found him, and he said to me, "They've got bombs." That's when I knew it was something more than just a policeman. And then we found him in a pool of blood. How close was he to the one you just been in the fracas with? A step in each, oh, a right. large step in each direction. Oh, oh, right. So, so you just weren't aware pit. of him in the initial. No, of yeah, fight. you did, didn't notice him. Right. You know, if you pivoted on one leg, you you'd find both the fight and Charlie. Got you. And then that's sort of when it started to calm down for me was finding him and knowing exactly how I could help. That's when I started to calm and sort of ease into the situation a bit better mm. than the initial shock of getting almost getting stabbed and having to break up a five a three person fight on one with and that was just like from that was something that I couldn't have comprehended but the person that I can attempt to save their life was the point where I'd gone okay I'll control the situation mm. and that's what we did really wasn't it we stayed with him you knelt by his head didn't you and I had my so he had stab wounds on his back he was he was lying on his back and he he told me that he'd been stabbed in the back so I rolled him onto his front so I could get to the wounds that he had on his back and that's how we we stayed wasn't it hands in his back yeah just putting loads of pressure on him on the wounds so he had run to try and help the yeah, he'd done who it. was in the, the uniform yeah he'd done police. the same as me a little bit earlier but they'd attacked him right as far as I'm aware that's what he says I, yeah because I don't think he says that he didn't see the van so he did exactly the same as me so yeah so before we go forward let's just take a step back because this this attack that you encountered the first one was not in fact the beginning of this whole incident was it no so you just want to talk through because this was the the white van that went up and down or came up yeah the, so the bridge. from what we have heard and from what we saw they crashed the van into the steps leading down to the church. Mm-hmm. Couldn't tell you what the church is called. Southwark Cathedral? I don't think it is that one. No, not that one? I'm not sure. No, okay. So they blocked the steps effectively. And we could see that from where we were. We didn't initially see or hear the crash. I didn't see any van. I don't Did you not? No, I didn't look. Oh, okay. I could see the van. We didn't hear the crash, see the crash. And then once we sort of steadied ourselves with Charlie, if you looked up towards the van, there were just people lying on the pavement where they'd obviously run past and just stab people. Yeah. So the the van had actually gone, I believe from what I've read and studied, the van had actually gone up and down, I think, the bridge, London Bridge, twice. Right. And on its final pass, came off and onto the, the, the curb, the pavement. Yeah. And was swerving knocking people off not running people over yeah and in one case i think knocking someone cleaner over the top into the river well i certainly understand that one one of the um, i don't think we we've sort of looked into the van no, we, I yeah. Think we sort of yeah and then and then it then it crashed yeah and then they got out and then they jumped out and then they, then they started the back, then they, they started stabbing people yeah and that's when we joined i say joined loosely we didn't join no 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 <laughs> I, 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 yes i think we appreciate you didn't join in the terrorist activity 
So what was the name of the, the policeman who was attacked? Who went to help the uh, first one? The first one's Wayne. Wayne. Uh, and the, and he's the one, then he got up and ran off. He tried to follow them. Yep. And then the one who we stayed with is Charlie. Charlie. Okay. So was Wayne the first one they attacked with, with a knife, do you think, when they got out? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. It was his eye or his really, really close to his eye. He was the only Because I thought at the time... But he didn't, he'd lost his eye, but I think it was really, really close to his eye mm. when I saw him. Yeah, he was the only policeman that we could see in that scenario. But that we remember seeing yeah. in our little... So had, you, as far as you're aware, had this been called in yet by the police? Had anyone phoned in as an emergency or was it... I don't know. They must have done. We definitely didn't. It all happened so yeah. quickly. Yeah. and You don't remember hearing sort of, you know... It was no. They were just there. They were just there. They got there so quickly because if if it only happened, if only took it was only fifteen minutes. Yeah, but the bit you came and they were there for the right at the beginning because by that time they'd they'd driven up the bridge. They'd knocked people over and off the bridge, and that couldn't have taken more than a minute or two. Yeah, and then crashed the vehicle, then got out and started. There was a big. Then the police came and they had bandages, didn't they? And yeah. then the ambulances weren't allowed in because they locked down the area. But um, there was a paramedic who put tags and yeah. stuff. And then the armed police came. And I think that's when they shot the terrorists. But I don't remember hearing anything so you, like that. The, the first copper ran off to try and be a further assistance and follow them. And, yeah. the other, and you, you hung around with the, the second guy, the un, yeah. guy not in uniform on the floor. You said he had stab wounds in his back, and he had two that we could definitely tell in his back. Yeah. We could tell that he had something on his head. You, you were like, "There's blood on his head. There's something here." But we couldn't quite work out where that was coming from, and that's as far as we knew then and there. That's where they were. It turns out he had five or yeah. something, wow. didn't it? And um, he was he was sufficiently conscious to, to talk to you at this stage. Yeah, he was. I think it, it, we had quite a quite a long conversation didn't we? yeah we were just trying to sort of keep talking to him mm. and asking him questions just to sort of keep him conscious really because that was just one of the priorities it's quite remarkable that you you you've had the presence of mind to a, a get involved but we've, we've established that that's in your nature but you you seem very calm as well ellen to sort of oh i <laughs> i think it was just adrenaline kicks in yeah. i think and i didn't feel real at the time really you didn't feel it didn't feel real real at the time yeah was it was sort of like an out-of-body experience you well know? i i personally don't remember anything happening apart from me justin and charlie i don't like when we did all our, our interviews for the police i don't remember any gunshots i don't i had it in my head that it was raining but it wasn't even raining so no idea so because really it was just us yeah. three and that's yeah. all I remember and that's I did was not even looking past in like anything I think I glanced up twice maybe and then decided that I didn't want to see any of that so I came back to Charlie and just concentrated on him mm. so he had these stab wounds in his back yeah and I understand you was it you Justin who, who staunched it you somehow yeah so I have initially just had hands and then I got given kitchen roll some sort of it was some, some sort of, sort of bandage so you when you say you just had hands i mean you I, had your hand over the two I had, so two stab wounds one hand in each just you know attempting to stop the bleeding and then i got given some kitchen a policeman turned up and he had like serviettes in his car obviously right and just started 
throwing these serviettes to people. Right. And then a paramedic car turned up and gave people bandages. And we were there with two other policemen, weren't we? We were there with a guy called John, who we've subsequently become quite good friends with. And another policeman who we've met. Sam? I couldn't tell you his name. Yeah, no, that's fine. Um, And they spent the whole time saying to us, just go, just go. We were like, we're we're here. We've come this far. We'll stay, thank you. And they did. They just kept saying, just go, just go. We'll do it. We'll deal with what we've got. In my head, I'd sort of gone, no, there's enough for other people. Like... I actually said to one of the policemen that was there, I was like, there are too many of us on this body. You need to go somewhere else. Yes. And there were scenarios like that. Like there was a bus that stopped next to us and they started to evacuate the bus. And I remember just looking up at the bus and thinking, why are you getting off the bus? Why are you getting off the bus? And then the guy, John, the policeman who was in plain clothes and myself just shouting at them just to stay on the bus, just get back on the bus. Um, so I I had realised the seriousness of the situation. And I, I, it sounds so odd to say that I'd just taken it in my stride. But by the time the police had arrived and they were there within a minute, I'd already gone through my full on panic into completely plateaued i if i i I haven't heard any full-on panic yet in what you're saying i mean i'm imagining in your brain is all yeah so the initial (laughs) the initial attempted stab was me was like right okay this is really serious i'm that was panic yeah and then i was like okay now i've got as soon as i found charlie i was like that's gone let's completely just stay calm let's sort this situation out and help in whatever way you can did it um, did it dawn on you or did you did it cross your mind perhaps that they they could come back and they could yeah. be armed or because you mentioned a bomb yeah these guys have got vest bomb vests on or whatever yeah they were they had fake bombs. they were fake but nobody yeah. wants to know that at the time that's when the armed police ran past that's i feel like that's when it got a bit bit scary because yeah. when we were told to get down well you were down rough, were, but were, i were, i feel like we just like, once we'd um john had said to us so john then said after the armed police went past he then said oh i'm gonna get my car because charlie needs to get to hospital so we got into john's car police car and he took us to um king's didn't he and yeah. it was um Quickest journey I've ever had in my life. How did you manage to get him in the car? With we the... had um, so we got given a stretcher from a policeman, which I don't a remember. Fabric, a sling uh-huh. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got him onto that, and then we got him into the back seat of John's car, and you were in the back seat with him, and then John drove us to Kings, and we were the first people to arrive at Kings. So had they Kings, been no, famous? Kings they didn't know what was happening. No. So we turned up with Charlie, panicking, not panicking, we're like, quick. And they would—they obviously have, well, obviously they do have procedures and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And they went straight into, the woman that was running it was amazing, yeah. straight into clearing beds, prioritizing. And, it, and we were whisked off into the fam, like the relatives or yes, whatever. Yeah. And then that's the moment where we just looked at each other. And when we, we just got, we got sat down on this leather sofa and we just looked at each other and was, what the hell just happened? Yeah. Like, yeah, that was when it dawned on us. 
was being and I was like what do we do now like we just so we just were in the hostel for till six o'clock in the morning yeah that was that was the hardest part being in the hospital that was completely dead so there weren't other victims yeah, yeah. and patients so they'd coming so they'd, they'd locked down a part of the hostel so A&E was shut yeah unless you were the uh, person that was involved in uh-huh. that the family room was shut unless you had family that were involved in that they had there was must have been 30 police walking in and out of everywhere yeah. um, but kings were amazing mm-hmm. like they had so many people there for support they fed us they um had yeah. the um vicars. vicars and priests like just to talk if you needed to talk and um and yeah and that? it was just we just they were just amazing yeah. weren't they? they i was tired and i didn't want to be there but they did look after ev- everyone they looked and unfortunately it was heartbreaking being there as well because we obviously were among families of the victims and being there from 10 from 20 past 10 to six o'clock in the morning families were arriving and obviously not receiving good news and so it was so like it was an emotional night for everyone at that stage when uh, you that, the hospital. well we saw there were when we were already at when before we'd left you'd saw people who yeah yeah not made it on on the street yeah yeah so we knew that when we got to the hospital what to expect there was going to be people that yeah and it was it was heartbreaking i bet it was so how long had you been waiting with charlie Charlie. Charlie before you took him off to the hospital in the car eight minutes so the incident was still in progress roughly yeah Mm, so you had they they'd shot them before we left because john says to us every time we see him I can't believe you don't remember the gunshot. Because so we don't remember the gunshots he knows at all. What to hit, listen out for, doesn't well, they? He? Must have yeah. shot them. Well, we were just so well involved in okay. what we were the, doing. The, again, from what what research and reading I've done, the incident I think ended around about ten sixteen. So if you were there roughly ten, you waited ten fifteen minutes. Yeah, maybe to, ten yeah. minutes. So it, it's about right, isn't it? You, yeah. you, you probably so immersed in what you were doing, and your head was so. You were so yeah. wired, you wouldn't have been aware of it necessarily. No, but he says it's the loudest thing he's ever heard. That's remarkable, isn't it? And I genuinely could not tell no you that there was all. one at all. Huh. I mean, were there lots of people running around and pouring out of the market? I don't you remember. Don't, I didn't know. Because of where we were, we didn't... So the road, the cars were still going across the road. And until the police stopped cars, they were still going on the road, as in per. It was right outside a restaurant. So there's the glass doors under the bridge and no one came out of there because there were people actually slumped against that glass. But I don't remember anyone like pedestrian that was there at all, apart from the people getting off the bus who subsequently got shouted at to stay on the bus. But no, the only people I remember running were policemen and paramedics. And that's when I thought it was serious is when the armed police came and a lot of police, the armed police said, everyone clear and a lot of police that were just sort of giving stuff out just ran back a little bit and i went right okay yeah the police don't want to be here it's probably quite a good reason mm-hmm. to leave. yeah they were they obviously if they weren't helping anyone they yeah. were they just got out of the way for the short period of time yeah your story is, is remarkable in, in many respects and obviously you, you've been rewarded you've, you've received four different bravery awards but i just want to touch i mean uh, there were many stories of other people doing amazing things on that that same evening as well, weren't there? So we were just talking about 
the the sliding door syndrome. You've seen the movie Sliding Doors. You know, when one door slides open, you end up in a different sort of. You got parallel parallel worlds going on. Right. Yeah. Okay. If you go through one door, your life takes one one direction. Yeah. If you go in another through another door, your life. You know, there's a parallel universe going. Yeah. On. You got a, another life going. And it, you were saying you should have been at dinner that particular evening. Yeah. And had you been there, I suppose you, or had you found the restaurant, I think? Had we have found a restaurant, you probably would never have been embroiled. No, we would have been really annoyed that our train was cancelled. Yeah. Yeah. That's (laughs) exactly what it would have been. We would have been uh, trained. No, but you know what I mean? It would have been like. Train's been cancelled. Yeah. How do we get home? Yeah. Rather than rather than here I am. How I'm do I King's College Hospital? How do I break up this terrorist attack and yeah. save someone's life? It, but it, I mean, just looking at some of the stories, there's this tragic story of this young Australian girl, Sarah Zelenak, um, who'd only been in the country since March that uh, that year, and her mother said that she'd been due to be due to work that night, but she'd had the evening off. Otherwise, she was supposed to be at work. She only got the evening off at the last minute, and then her and her friend had planned to go to a rooftop bar but they couldn't find it. Well, there's a similarity yeah. there. And then she chose to go to Soho instead, but they didn't go to Soho. They, just, they ended up going to, to Borough Market. Yeah. So there's all these, what we call sliding door sort of moments when if, but, you yeah. know. Yeah. Shouldn't have been there. Shouldn't have been there. It happened to be there. Yeah. yeah. And then there's the, you know, like your remarkable bravery, you know, some might call it stupidity, but it, it, it's utter, well, you know, if God forbid you'd have been injured or worse, yeah. Then maybe Ellen would be saying you you stupid bugger, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know. But we met a f- we met the baker, didn't we, the other day at butcher the, and a baker. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right at the the Queen's commendation uh-huh. ceremony, we met the baker who sheltered people in the bakery, uh-huh. and then subsequently he um, fought them off with bread crates. Bread crates. Yeah, I heard about it. they're throwing yeah. bread crates at people. Yeah. So yeah. we met him. Two weeks, three weeks ago? Yeah. Um, he got the same award that we did. And then there was the guy who attacked them with his skateboard, with skateboard wasn't there? Although he, I don't think he made no, it. No, he died, I believe. He did. Yeah. So there are, you know, stories. And we met, we met a bouncer at the police accommodation who fought them off. Mm. He locked people inside the pub and then fought them off and pushed them out of the mm. pub. It, it is amazing how many civilians helped it's remarkable. Like everyone, so many people, and there's so many stories, not just ours, mm. of people, whether their like story ended well or it didn't end well, they, they were so many brave stories that were people just helped of, of and they course. didn't have to and they weren't, they would have got no personal gain from it. But it's, I just think it's brilliant how many people really, truly yeah. well, put their lives zero, on the line to zero help. Zero personal gain. I mean, yeah. there's some moments in, you know, in the public eye. Yeah. Uh, and, and awards which are, which are fantastic and, and thoroughly deserved but is the complete opposite of gain I mean you stand to lose everything yeah. by, by, by getting involved but it, but it strikes me certainly in your case Justin and Ellen as well that you don't even think of you know it's a selfless act you're not thinking of yourself at all as you put yourself in the firing line which, yeah. is, which is a remarkable thing to and do it is, it, I, I can't it, say I'd have done it with my hand on my heart <laughs> it does make you feel better about the, the situation the society that we live in you hear so much negative and derogatory every stuff day. every day in the news about how crap society is yeah. how crap people are yeah and then you meet these other people at these ceremonies where you know they have done things that you go God, mate like i know exactly how you feel and 
But that aside, what you've done is brilliant. And, you know, you meet all these people and you meet the policemen. And, okay, yes, they're there to protect society, but they don't deserve the stick they get. They don't, you know, all of that. And they are there and they are putting, you know, people, civilians or service personnel, when they put themselves on the line to defend other people, it makes you feel so much better as a human being about where you live you know and that's that's what we feel that came out of it okay a lot of people lost their life a lot of people got seriously injured and that is tragic it made us feel that you know there is a society of london and people do care about other people and that is heartwarming as much as there is the disgusting act that happened the stories that you hear and the way that people effectively sacrifice themselves yeah. to defend other people is amazing. Mm. What you've just said sits very neatly, if that's the appropriate word again. I've just come back from Poland doing a, a, a tour. Again, it's probably not the appropriate word, but they, they call it a tour of you know, Holocaust yeah. sites, uh, including you know concentration camps and death camps called Auschwitz and Belchek and other places where... Many Jews and Poles and Romany gypsies and homosexuals and all sorts were murdered in, in, their, in their millions and millions and yeah. millions in the most ghastly circumstances. And we, were, we met and spoke to and were spoken, you know, had talk, talks given by survivors. And you would expect them to be nothing but bitter and angry yeah. at what they've been through and what's been taken from them. And it was heartbreaking, and it sort of makes me feel emotional even now, thinking about it. But most of them have the sort of same sense that you've got, you know, one of humanity, that there's good, not good that comes out of it, but there's this yeah. wonderful stories, because wonderful things happen in amongst all the tragedy as well. Yeah. And this is roughly, I think, sort of where you're coming from as well, that there's a sense of community, yeah. and people coming together. Yeah, London definitely came together yeah. for that, and it didn't. The majority, it didn't scare, it didn't put off. And we were at the vigil two, day, two days afterwards. Yeah, two days And afterwards. everyone was there and everyone was out in London and no one was scared and oh. it all just well, brought everyone closer together. Yeah, it is, it is amazing that you just pick yourself up and brush yourself down. Like as a city, just went, okay, let's just keep going. Let's do something that marks this as an occasion without being scared to be where we want to be and it was there were hundreds of people there weren't there just all mm. gathered in a park and it was amazing how have you guys coped psychologically with with what happened what's what you saw because oftentimes people say it doesn't hit you until later you know you go through certain phases of emotion i don't really give it any thought it doesn't come into my mind at all when someone tells me about it i'm more asked me about it i'm more than mm. happy to talk about it it hasn't really affected me in any significant way and potentially it might do later down the line well you were, were two years on well you, yeah you, you still come across as a very grounded sort of assured person resilience are probably the word that would be used today I, I don't feel personally it's affected me in a way that... In a negative way. Yeah, in, in yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. Isn't, yeah. I've, I'm not scared to go into London. No. I don't get worried about yeah. things. I pay more attention 
definitely pay more attention. Would you go running in again if you saw a similar? Yeah, without a doubt. You still would? Yeah. Yeah. But I would say that I spot things more now. So if I do go into a crowd, I will. You're definitely more wary now. Yeah. So you've got like a clarity of vision. It has sort of affected you. You're more well, wary. the fact that you're more focused, perhaps, and yeah. rather than yeah. just steaming straight in, you'll probably think, try and yeah. assess the situation maybe more. Yeah, but I wouldn't say it's in a negative way. So. No. Oh, no. No, it hasn't affected you in a negative way. No. Yeah. yeah. And Ellen? I think, I think I found it hard to deal with than you did, but personalities are different, and I think... Of course, everybody's different. Um, yeah. Would you say you were... you were was Maybe you had fearful of what Justin was getting in himself I don't into. think it was that I just think it's 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 memories and yeah. things that I saw can't be easy we did both go to work the next day didn't we yeah I couldn't have stayed at home I no, would have no, gone no. absolutely mental if I'd have stayed at home and how um how do you guys feel about the terrorists themselves I mean obviously not filled with doesn't fill your heart with joy <laughs> do you know what joy, do you know what but, actually I've not really given them that's a really interesting question because I've not really given them any thought. I've not no, at all. I'm, uh, and I haven't. And that's interesting because I wouldn't have even, I hadn't even realised I'd not given them any thought. No, they're just a thing that happened to be there. Okay, they caused this. But I could tell you the names of some of the people who were involved. I could tell you the names of the friends that we've made because of it. But the three terrorists, I couldn't. Yeah. Tell you that I couldn't care less no. about them. Yeah, and why should we? Why the people we, we think about are the people who lost their lives, and yeah. the people that helped, and the people that did all those brave acts. And I honestly hadn't even given them a thought. Well, what you guys did was 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 incredible, and and it's been rewarded. So let's just talk about the uh, some of the awards you've got. I think one of them. What was the first one? Was that the Queen's commendation? It was the, was the Met film? Police, the British Transport Police, and the. City. City of London Police. Uh-huh. And these are all... Highest commendation. Highly commended. Highly commended. <laughs> Which is a certificate. Um, and then we have the Queen's Commendation for Bravery. Which is the one we've got here in this lovely little red box yeah. with ER, Elizabeth Regina on it. Which and then... We'll, laurel leaf. we'll post a picture of this up on the yeah, website yeah. for people to see. So. And then we nice. have... And you had to go to... Royal, that go was to um, Tower of London. Tower of London. That was given With to you the by... Lieutenant the of Lord London. Lieutenant. Lord, Lord Lieutenant of London. And then we have our Royal Humane Society medal at the end of, at the end of this month. Beginning yeah, of next month. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's With Princess Alexandra. Oh, for you. Well, you're doing well. With it's it's fantastic, and um, more power to you. Um, Lon- London is full of amazing people like you, and I can only, on behalf of everybody listening, thank you for all the amazing things that you've done. I'm sure you've you, you've spoken to the family members, the policemen you've assisted. I'm sure they're eternally grateful to you, and you probably made some really good friends. I would guess. Yeah, definitely made friends. There, I can tell two of them that are going to get an invitation to the wedding aren't they? Yeah. So. <laughs> fantastic so why don't we conclude by just because in the in the spirit of we've got the inquest going on at the moment um yeah. which are talking about the whys and wherefores of how these as we said there were eight people who died and there were 48 who were injured so i think why don't we just call out the names of those who died uh to honor their memory do either of one of you want to read their names? I do, if you want. Some of them... Uh, yeah, forgive not, me for mis- mispronouncing. Names. No, that's fine. If you just want to read out that bit in yellow at the bottom. James McMullen, 32, from Hackney. French trio Xavier Thomas, 45. 
Alexandra Pigyard, 26, and Sebastian Belanger, 36, Miss Archibald, 30, Ignacio Echeverria, 39, from Madrid, and Australians Sara Zelenak, 21, and Kirsty Bowden, 28. Okay, so they're the unfortunate souls who lost their lives on that um, that tragic day on Saturday, the 3rd of June, 2017, when Ellen and Justin found themselves on London Bridge in that area and put themselves in the firing line, I guess. So, again, thank you very much, you guys. It's been an absolute pleasure to thank be you. here. Thank you. for, for organising and you. picking me up from the station. Right. <laughs> and hopefully I'm going to get a lift back. I don't know, it's a bus outside. <laughs> very much (laughs) i just tweaked what you said there it's a long walk okay so just before we go at this time in the conversation with our guests i always like to ask them what is their one or two favorite or stroke secret places that they love about london it could be a walk it could be a restaurant a pub a museum or something so just tell us one of you guys just tell us what is the place you like and why i like walking from victoria to Cross, past buckingham palace because I never went there as, as when I was younger. My mum says I did, but I don't think I did. And I never went there as younger. So the first time I went there, I was like 18, 19. To Buckingham Palace. To Buckingham Palace. Like, just in, to inside, see it. Or just on the outside? Not in see it, just sit on the uh-huh. outside. It's very uh-huh. when I've lived in London my whole life. Uh-huh. That was the first, and I like walking from Buckingham Palace up the Mall yeah. all the way to Charing Cross. Yes. I like doing it at dusk. That's no, lovely. I mean, It's a beautiful walk. It is a beautiful walk, followed by a show and hopefully a... A nice meal or something before yeah. before or yeah. afterwards this time. Have you got that, a favourite? Yeah, nice dirty burger from Dip and Flip covered <laughs> in gravy. Where's that, baby? Uh, there's one in Brixton, one in Tooting, one in Battersea, and I believe one in Wimbledon. Well, it is the, be- the best I, burger. I, I just realised you, you're a butcher, so you should know all the places where they serve, <laughs> they serve, they serve good burgers. So uh, that's great. Well, thank you very much, uh, you guys, for that. And just to conclude... Where can people, if they want to get in touch with you or they want to find out more or follow you on social media, how, how can they do that? Where can they find you? Um, you can follow us on Instagram. We've got a joint account on there and it's at Jones and me. Or you can follow Jones underscore the underscore butcher. <laughs> that's your, but yeah, if you wanted to get work. in touch, that's you your can work one. That's message on there. That's perfect. Well, once again, Ellen and Justin, thank you ever so much for taking part and... Um, Good luck to you guys for the future and Thank for your you. future you. life together and your when your wedding. Yeah. yeah. Have fun. <laughs> Thanks. Every week here at Your London Legacy, we bring straight to your device a new and fascinating guest with a wonderful London-based story. We hope you enjoy listening to their timeless stories as much as we enjoy creating them for you. If so, the best way to show your appreciation is to subscribe to the show. Simply go to www.yourlondonlegacy.com and pop your name and email in the box where shown. That way, you'll never miss another episode. Thank you for your support.